me in the spotlight and somebody much, much better in the eclipse. It's the Rhyme and Reason Podcast, episode 180. Hey there, Tony here. Welcome back to the Rhyme and Reason podcast. And uh, if you're a new listener, welcome for the first time to the Rhyme and Reason podcast. This is episode 180. Can't believe I'm only 20 episodes away from 200. Oh my goodness. And uh, that's been a long time coming because of different things that I'm not even going to try to explain today. But I am going to talk about light and uh, the lack of light and the lack of light that leads to better light, and uh, I, I think it'll all make more sense as I get right into it. Uh, first, I want to share a funny story that I shared with somebody else this, this past week, and uh, she got a kick out of it and uh, seemed to find it funny anyway. And, and I've told it to other people on rare occasions how this happened. So I'm going to share it with uh, uh, a few hundred, I don't know, how many of you are out there? A few thousand? Uh, several million or a couple of billion people right now. Uh, the beginning, my humble beginning as a wannabe rock star. So uh, you can think of it like this. For a young uh, singer-songwriter, you know, a chance to be in the spotlight, even for just a few bucks, uh, it's something you got to take. You got to take that chance. And that was me way back in the early 70s. Yes, the 70s. After um, a couple of years of teaching myself how to bang out some chords and riffs on a piano. And uh, after writing a lot of world-changing songs, I knew I was ready for the big time. And one of my first opportunities to play for an actual audience was in the world-renowned Dinkledorf's Deli in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah? You've heard of it? (laughs) No? Probably not. Um, I remember I was just going into into just about any place that had a piano. And this was in the, uh, what they call the River Key area of Kansas City. And I think that's been remodeled and kind of updated. I haven't been back there in a long time. I've got family that live there, and I think they told me that. But uh, I digress. Anyway, uh, I would go into any place that had a piano and ask if I could audition to play there. And uh, believe it or not, several of the owners or managers, they, they let me. So... You, you got to know up front, my repertoire consisted of nothing but Tony Funderburk music. So it wasn't enthusiastically received in, I'd say, 99% of the places I tried. But at one place, a little delicatessen, like I mentioned, Dinkledorf's Deli, uh, who had the motto, thin is in, but fat is where it's at. It was from their front door. The manager um, there, he liked my confidence and he booked me for a weekend, a whole weekend. Now, that meant two whole nights of playing for a real crowd. I was stoked. So, who knew being in the spotlight could be so challenging, though? The first night of my booking arrived, and and I made it to the deli quite a bit early to get ready. They uh, kept an old, upright piano 
in the place, and it was mostly in tune, so that was a plus. And they also had a built-in sound system. I don't even remember what kind of stuff they had. Uh, I just remember it was built in, and the microphone was on a boom stand next to the piano, right? So there you go. You got the piano, you got the microphone, the sound system. I didn't have to bring any of it. Who could ask for more in a first-time booking? Well, not so fast. Like I said, the piano was mostly in tune, but what I didn't mention was how it faced a wall that didn't face the audience. In other words, when it came time to perform, I was just playing with my back to the crowd. You know, just like all those honky-tonk piano players you see in the old Western movies. You know, they're always playing with their back to the to the uh, crowd there. The Probably good idea in their case, although I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, that's not the best or the worst part. The microphone stand had a boom attached with duct tape. <laughs> yep, you heard me right, duct tape. And I could position it where I wanted, but... As the song progressed, so did the mic boom, slowly dropping down. So picture this. There I'd be singing my heart out with my back to the audience and slowly lowering my head to keep singing into the dropping mic. <laughs> Can you see it? A young guy singing his own songs on a microphone that wouldn't stay in place and all the while wondering how the crowd was reacting. Talk about the glamour of showbiz. Well, I learned a valuable lesson in my very first music booking. No, not persistence. Mm -mm, no, not embracing failure in order to succeed. My first lesson wasn't even about how to get everything in writing. It was uh, that duct tape doesn't actually fix everything after all. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. The first lesson I learned uh, you know, about being in the spotlight that way was... I guess you could say some sort of combination of those first three, three things I just mentioned, but I didn't give up. I didn't see myself as any kind of failure, and I did go on to enjoy 25 years in the music business. And in fact, I'm still in it, thanks to the power of the Internet and you. And, uh, and for that, believe me, I thank you from the bottom of my duct-taped heart. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to do something that's very, very embarrassing for me. I'm going to share an old, old recording of just me and my old piano, which was mostly in tune at the time. And uh, it's, I got to say, it's embarrassing in a way, but I'm just going to show you the raw recording. This was just me recording on a regular cassette deck, if I remember right. Not even a four track, just a regular cassette deck. And just for posterity, it was just for me. And this is the first time I've shared it with any kind of an audience um, that I can remember other than maybe somebody I was dating at the time or something. I don't know. I, maybe somebody has heard this song, but it would be one, two, or at the most three or four people who have ever heard it. So this is the world premiere of a song called Wake Up. What do you do when I 
I told you it was going to be raw, didn't I? And see why I said it was embarrassing? You know, that's a, I listen to it and I go, oh, well, you know, one good thing about getting older is if you work at it and you work at your craft, you're going to get better. You are. And I, I got to believe I'm better than that now. But at the time, you know, I was awesome in my own head. <laughs> you know, I just thought, Wow, I'm playing the piano, I'm singing, and and in the case of Dinkledorf's Deli, I'm getting paid. I mean, what could be better, right? And then I ended up spending 25 years getting paid to sing, so uh, I couldn't have been doing something wrong the whole time, right? Well, uh, enough about that. Enough about me and the spotlight. I'm going to talk about another light. I know uh, probably a few of you have heard about this uh, thing that went on this past week, the eclipse of the sun. Remember that? You, 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 I'm just kidding. Of course. I mean, if unless you were hiding under a rock or something, and uh, you know, you know that the um, there was a solar eclipse this past week. It was August 21st, 2017, and I know uh, in America, millions of people were looking up to see uh, the eclipse of the sun, which just means that the moon was moving in front of it. And um, I got to say, that's a really cool phenomenon. And what makes it even cooler is that it doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, yeah, doesn't happen by accident. You want proof? Well, 
how about being able to predict when eclipses occur? Now, how could you predict them if they were always going to be an accident, right? And not only can scientists predict when they'll happen, they can predict where they'll be total and partial. That's because the design is so dependable. Okay, well, the eclipse of the sun, I'm going to say, reveals the sun. Okay, now let me clarify that since this is audio and not words that you can see. So the eclipse of the S-U-N sun reveals the S-O-N sun, the capital S-O-N, the son of God. Okay, I'm going to explain that. The moon is approximately 400 times smaller than the sun and also about 400 times closer to the earth than the sun. And that's because the Son of God made it that way. If you've ever read the Bible, and I suggest you you look into it if you haven't, it's a great book. The Apostle John had this to say in the book that's called John. Uh, He had this to say about how everything was made. I'm quoting John. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Well, I know lots of people, for some reason, get stuck on that nothing was made that was made part. They feel, I'm doing air quotes around feel, they feel like it's talking in a circle. But that's not what's going on at all. It's a description of what's made and who isn't. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit was not made. And God, as the Son, made everything else, the sun, the moon, the stars, earth, and all the creatures on the earth, and they're all made. And, and not like some random act of creativity either. I mean, the, the solar system, our galaxy, and, and all the universe are functioning like a finely tuned clock. In fact, I would say, not just me, not I would say, uh, it's provable that it's functioning even more precisely and more dependably than any clock. In fact, we tend to set our clocks by those other things. Well, you know why that is? Here's what I speculate. And I have things to back me up on this, but I'm not going to get into too much detail. Um, It pleases God to surprise us and delight us. It pleases Him to do that. And He could have designed the earth and and the moon to just simply work together efficiently, and, and He could have left it at that. But you know what? God loves to throw in the fireworks, the concert, the spectacle. Why? Well, I suspect he's like any good father. It just delights him to see the looks on our faces. And uh, which direction were millions of faces pointing during during the eclipse of the sun? Yep, they were pointing up. So, eh, Coincidence? Nope, not coincidence. I think it's by design. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you, how the eclipse of the sun reveals the sun. I hope maybe that uh, gave you a little something to ponder. And that does it for the Rhyme and Reason podcast this week. I um, want to thank each and every one of you. I don't have time and, and uh, you know, Everybody else would be like, what's he saying all those names for every time? Oh, so I won't do that. But I will say uh, thanks for connecting with me in all the ways that uh, 
I usually mention, mention, but I'm not going to this time. I'm going to cut this off a little quick um, just because I'm running out of recording time in the day here. It's a little late, but uh, thank you so much. I um, hope to see you next time here on the Rhyme and Reason podcast. And until then, this is Tony saying, may God bless you and keep you. There's a